Sziasztok, Janó vagyok. Közép-Európa első világra szóló podcast csatornáját hallgatjátok Magyarországról. Ez a Budapest.fm. Hi, my name is Ray, and you're listening to the number one podcast station in Central Europe, Budapest.fm, podcasting to the world from Hungary. Welcome everyone. This is Spotlight with the rising star of the movie industry. Hi, welcome here. Thank you, thank you. How are you? How was your today? Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. So, Ayodemi, please tell me about your history of, of movie. This I heard this is your first movie you're doing. Yeah, this is this is my first job. Um, um, yeah, I got into acting when I was 16 years of age. Uh, First through a, a local theatre company called uh, the Young Vic Theatre. Mm-hmm. So, um, like once a week, I'd be taken there to just do like workshops. And yeah, I just really took to it. Um, it was the only thing that was kind of keeping me out of trouble at the time. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got, I got to stick with this. Um, so yeah, then from there, I went to acting school in London, um, a school called the Brit School. Mm-hmm. Um, to study theatre for two years and yeah that's pretty much how I started. So your name Ayodemi Adegun mm-hmm. uh, is Nigerian right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you were born and raised in the UK? Yeah born and raised in the UK. Okay have you been to Nigeria? Yeah I've been three times. How did you find it? Um, yeah I love it it's, um, it's much different than London. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah very hot and very rich like culturally um you know respect wise always prostrate for your elders um something that i um I uphold in london because of my parents but um there's also a lot of poverty there so immediately when you leave the airport and you see the streets and you see the people um makes you very grateful for the life i live because mm-hmm. yeah Uh, have you had this um, when I was in Nigeria I had this kind of a cultural shock mm. we spent over nearly two weeks there and mm. the first three weeks I was the first three days I was like oh yeah it's all it's great I'm in Africa I'm in Nigeria and get to find my roots and I've seen that other half is it and more like realized it what you've talked about the poverty and how people get to live their daily life and also I was I was like but found that they are more Uh, grateful and happy and open and obviously they're not really having any other choices um, do you think that should be twisted uh, could be uh, changed in the direction of of, uh, of the Nigerian environment in that space um, yeah I think you hit the nail on the head with how they have less but they're still happy and they're still grateful um, I find that that very interesting Because the, it makes you realize, you know, the things that you complain about, they see as a blessing. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of the privilege of, you know, growing up in a Western society. Um, but to answer your question, in terms of change, I think first and foremost, like, um, corruption needs to go down, like, a huge amount, you know. Uh, corruption needs to go down and there needs to be loads of uh, plenty of systems in place to actually educate communities because poverty has a direct link with you know lack of education 
um, hence why people commit crimes and and stuff. So I, I think it's possible, but it will take a very, very, very long time, and it will take a very integral um, leader that it's that is open to change and open to listening to young people and yeah because the thing with like nigerian culture it can be quite they like to hold on to tra- tradition and not necessarily change with the times um so yeah i think it's possible but it'll take a lot of work <laughs> yeah. uh, could you live in, uh, in nigeria um have you ever give, give it a thought that oh maybe i'll live here yeah I've, i've given it a thought for sure especially when i went um i really like I like the feeling of um, the freedom out there um, and how you can just, you know, buy a bit of land, build a house much cheaper than London. And there's something about being on that turf in Africa, being connected to, you know, my roots. So I've definitely thought about living there, but um, maybe not for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to establish career a little bit more than yes you know. yes i thought so so um let's get back to your childhood you said you've been um a challenging kid yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah how are you how are you as a kid how's that how's that yeah. um i oh the best way to describe it was if i got told don't press this button immediately press, <laughs> yeah i'd press it <laughs> i wouldn't just press it i'd try to take it with me i'd <laughs> you know twist it see how it, you know that I, I, i was very um curious um very hyperactive just very different bit weird you know love sports very mm-hmm. active um so yeah yeah weird in what sense would you put um i was just different to like other kids like the questions i'd ask like teachers um my peers um people would kind of you know they would see me as that guy that kind of took things like very random just simply because i just enjoyed like if i had a thought i'd say it out loud mm-hmm. if i had a feeling i'd 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 act on that feeling i felt like touching a button i touched a button <laughs> you know so um yeah in, in that sense i guess and what helped you to change um going going through a lot helped me to change um just going through different experiences um learning the hard way with with certain things um that 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 helped me to change it wasn't being um disciplined in harsh ways that didn't help me to change that kind of made me worse because it mm-hmm. made me rebel more but you know given being given the opportunity to um make mistakes and develop my own meaning develop my own understanding of um what I need to learn that um that that helped me and also just just being given the freedom to express myself um yeah mm-hmm. and have you had anyone that helped you outside of your family yeah um when i was 16 as i said i got into acting and um there was a woman i met um when i was 16 she was like a counselor at the time because was being like quite misbehaved at school so they advised that you know I see a counselor you know get some things off my chest to start you know figure out what it is that may be going wrong and this woman Rachel Overdoll oh, I never forget this woman man uh, amazing person 
And yeah, we would have black conversations and, you know, she would bring up particular things that had happened and she would explain stuff from a psychological perspective. So if I acted in this way, you know, there may be a link to this. And, you know, she made she just made me, she gave me an opportunity to understand why I was behaving the way I was. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me because I started to understand myself a bit better. And once you understand yourself, you understand ways in which you can, you know, control yourself a little mm-hmm. bit better. And um, yeah, she, she was a former actor. She was a former actor. And yeah, then she just got me into acting, started <laughs> taking me to the theatre. And because she was so lovely, I'd, um, I just wanted to, to make her proud. So yeah, she mm-hmm. had a re- huge impact on me. Um, and how did acting find you? I, I mean, I'm, I've, I've told us that you played sports as well. Mm-hmm. What kind of sports you played? Football, football, um, gymnastics, acrobatics, mm. um, yeah, athletics. I was quite fast. I was just very active as a child. So yeah, those mm-hmm. were the main sports. And which one was your favorite? What was, was your favorite? Um, football. You know, yeah, <laughs> I love, I love football. I love football. Yeah. Still? Yeah, I still love it. I still, I miss it. I don't play as much. Um. Yeah, I just love I love dribbling, running past players, doing uh, skills and doing, tricks, doing skills, doing <laughs> showboarding, all, all of it, all of it. I love it. I love it all. Um, yeah. And which team do you support? I support Spurs, Tottenham. Spurs. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I was. I knew that was coming. <laughs> no, no. I I don't have any hard feelings. I just wanted to catch you. Um, so, but sorry. Back to acting. So, um, was your first um, interaction with acting? Yeah, so the the theatre, the Young Vic Theatre. So we did, um, so there were these projects that used to run called Parallel Productions. Mm -hmm. So say there was a particular theatre show at the theatre, we would do a project that would respond to that piece piece of theatre. So we did a Parallel Production on a play called A View from the Bridge, where we took some scenes from the play and like, kind of devised our own version of it. So that was my first um, interaction with it. And then um, I met another woman called uh, Sharon Kanolik, who was head of participation at the theater. So after I finished, you know, doing the counseling with um, Rachel, she kind of took over in terms of, you know, the direction of, you know, keeping me engaged with the acting stuff. So I just continued to do more projects. I did another parallel production. Then I did a dance theater production. So it was just basically you come in, meet a director, bounce ideas off each other, create a performance and go home. And mm-hmm. then I just did that a few times. And um, after those projects started to die down a little bit, there wasn't as much, I was getting a little bit older. A woman who used to be head at head of theatre at the Brit School where I did the two-year course. Um, she was director of participation at the Young Vic and she advised that, you know, I keep the ball rolling and apply for the Brit School. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And how was the Brit School? Ah, oh, Brit School was amazing, man. Um, like, oh, just it's brilliant, brilliant place. Uh, it's not like, <clears throat> it's not a traditional school where, I don't know, where everyone has to fit into the same box and wear the same size shoe 
Um, it was a place where you were you were allowed to express yourself. Um, you're allowed to be different. You're allowed to be weird. You're allowed to, you know, be you. And it was interesting because, you know, picture myself getting trouble in school um, very, very regularly, you know, and then I go to the Brit school and I never get in trouble ever again. So it was a, it was a massive turning point for me. Um, and yeah, in terms of how it was, yeah, so you had, if you had passed your English and maths, you didn't have to do English and maths alongside theatre studies. Mm -hmm. So, but obviously I didn't, I don't have any formal <laughs> qualifications, so I had to do maths and English alongside it, um, which was annoying, but it is what it is. It's, mm -hmm. it's a government law. You have to, <laughs> you have to do it. Um, so I do that in the morning and then in the afternoon and have um, theatre till I think it was six o'clock every day or four wow. yeah four or six o'clock every day depending on the days and um yeah so in the first year you're just looking at you know steam studies um going across like many different techniques um Stanislavski technique um he's a, a Russian practitioner who had like a great inf influence on the on the acting world um so we like dive into that see how we can implement it in our work and our character development and all of that stuff. And then we'd like go to different directors, like a guy called Grotowski, um, Brecht, German practitioner, and, um, you know, just try loads of things, see what works for you. That was like pretty much the first year. And then the second year, it's about um, getting it up on your feet, creating your own work, writing your own plays, um, um, performing, um, so yeah, that was pretty much my experience. And and um, oh, that's impressive. Mm -hmm. um, how did you find creating your own? Um, I've noticed that I can create my work. I could write my my. I can get it on a piece of paper, mm -hmm. but in terms of structuring it, it's a, <laughs> it's a whole different level. So, because um, I've got like a wealth of experiences in like life and stuff, I can I can write like stories, but they don't necessarily um, trans. No, they they translate well as you read them, but they don't necessarily translate well in terms of uh, a theatre sense, mm -hmm. because with theatre specifically, you need um, you need drama. You know, when you watch a TV series or watch anything on, on television, um, if you're just watching people just have a conversation but there's no drama or there's no there's no issue there's no problem there's no um there's no conflict it's kind of like eh, you know what i mean it doesn't really yeah. evoke anything yeah you may f be interested in the story but you want to be taken on a journey so yeah i was able to write like stories for like from my own life and and stuff and uh um but i needed help with like structuring um um, st stories but um, yeah no it, it was fun you learn a lot about yourself you learn a lot about what you're good at what you're not good at and yeah and what do you find the most uh, difficult part of acting you're um, fairly young you're in your, you are in your early 20s yeah, right? 23 23 oh, it's terrible um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you find more interesting or more difficult part of um, acting because um, um, what I would call, uh, can you cry on purpose? I can, 
but not all the time. It depends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what do I find difficult? Think right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't get. I'm not emotional. Right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, <laughs> um, what do I find most difficult? Um, technically, sometimes it can be um, quite difficult, like learning lines and you know getting a full um, picture and understanding of my character's arc and and, and storyline. Or um, yeah, because I was uh, in in when I went to drama school, I was like not Brit school, my drama school that I'm at now. I was um, I got I found out that I've got dysle- I'm dyslexic. Mm-hmm. So my processing speed is quite low. It doesn't mean that I can't learn things or pick things up. It just means that I learn things different in a different way to other people. So, for example, if you were to give me a script or a monologue now, um, my friend or or someone else will be able to read it and understand what's going on. I'll have to read it a good 20 times to understand mm-hmm. like properly what's going on. I'll get the sense of it, but to really understand it will take me... Um, a long time to understand it. And I, I remember at, at points in drama school, I'd felt like, you know, even at Brit school as well, I felt like there, there was something wrong with me. You know, did um, did all the years of misbehaving in school, did it, did it impact me, like, cognitively? Am I not sharp enough? Is my memory um, not good? Have I not developed these, these skills? Um, and that wasn't necessarily the case it just meant it just means it just meant that I just needed to find my own way of, of learning my own mm-hmm. way in so instead of you know blaming other people or blaming my my past or blaming things that happened I just decided to focus on um improving like getting better at my weaknesses so like I said line learning was quite tough so I'd learn scripts um in my off time when I wasn't at school just to you know get get that get that muscle working mm-hmm. and over time it, it, it built up so yeah uh how fast can you learn lines because that i think that's the most difficult part of it um it it really it really depends it depends on the text as well so for and do you sorry do you um study them or memorize them with emotions as well um well not necessarily it depends it depends Mm-hmm. Um, if it's if it's like a really emotional scene, I'd I'd fo- I'd focus on um, getting the getting an understanding of the scene first, rather than just learning the lines. So I'd read it over and over and over and over again until I find stuff that I personally connect to. Um, but if it's not necessarily an emotional scene and it's just um, it just, it just it just doesn't have a high emotional stake in it. I'd learn the lines first and then focus on how I can tap into these emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, like like Shakespeare, it's, it's English, but it's a whole different type <laughs> of English. This is like 1600, I don't even know when the Shakespeare was alive, but it's a different time and a different way of um, of, of speaking. So it takes longer for me to learn. But... So, for example, like there's different ways of learning. So for Shakespeare, I would uh, write it out in my own words mm-hmm. first. So I get an understanding. So I translate the Shakespeare into like today's English. Into Ayo. Yeah, into Ayo, <laughs> yeah literally. And um, that would help in, you know, 
it, once you understand what you're talking about, understand what you're talking about, why you're talking about what you're talking about, it's much easier to pick up the lines. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and how so you're shooting the continental here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which actor you spend the most time with? Um, I spend a lot of time with Hubert. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend some time with Colin Woodell as well. Um, yeah, but mostly Hubert. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And is he uh, helping you in any ways? Yeah, he's he's helping me a lot. Um, like and do you help him? Yeah, of course, really? of course. We help each other. We help each other. That's that's how it it should be. Um, but he's he's more like a big brother to me. He gives me advice where I need it, um, especially with like acting and. Um, just any questions I have with being on set and you know protocols and stuff, um, but yeah, we help each other with auditions and like self tapes because we get a lot of self tapes. Um, yeah. And how long is it since you're here in Hungary? Um, since November. November. Yeah. Wow. How did you find it? Yeah, I like it, man. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful country. The architecture is amazing. Um, I like the food as well. The food is is interesting. Um, Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. So uh, have you been to the countryside? It's oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to sneeze. I didn't come. Um, yeah, I think Inota. In, Inota. Yes. Yeah, I went. I went to Inota to shoot um, like a couple of scenes out there. Is that the countryside? Yeah, that's yeah. what you can call it. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's beautiful as well. Like just looking at, like I just love looking out the window in the car, and like sometimes you see like these random like rivers and stuff, and. These like I don't know if you can call them mountains, but there's like houses up in like bushes and stuff, and it looks really cool. So mm-hmm. yeah, seeing a bit of the countryside. Um, how did you find Hungarian women? Hungarian, <laughs> <laughs> right uh, into the middle uh, yeah, of it. Okay, you went right, you've gone there. Um, so like they're like um, they're 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 women. They're they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're nice. Um, they're cool people. Um, Yeah, nothing special. No, nothing special about mm-hmm. um, Hungarian women. I feel like they're all like as beautiful. Like they're humans. Yeah, I think all humans are, are beautiful. Um, but I felt very welcomed by them. Very friendly, and um, yeah. And people in general. People also? in general. Um, yeah, like the guys, men as well. They're cool. Um, I've never had any issues, any problems, or felt any type of way. Um, so. Yeah, I feel I feel pretty welcome. <laughs> And uh, do you like traveling? Um, yeah, I love. You know what? I think I never realized how much I like traveling until I got this job and I traveled here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's definitely something that I want to you know add to like my hobbies. I think it, I, I love traveling. I love experiencing different cultures, not just as a tourist, not just as a you know normal tourist that just comes in goes to go comes to Hungary and then you know goes to the baths and and that's it no I want to <laughs> I want to go to you know I want to experience you know deep deep the deep culture and stuff so yeah traveling something I definitely want to do um and do you have any any preferred locations you would travel to um yeah I, I want to go to I want to go to Morocco Morocco I want to go to Fiji I want to go to Fiji Yeah, yeah, mm. beautiful place. I want to go to the Bahamas. I want to go America, of course. I want to go to Finland. I want to go to Denmark. I want to go to Switzerland. <laughs> I want to go to Germany. I want to go um, Australia. Wanna, oh yeah, 
I'm yeah. planning on going to Australia yeah. actually this yeah. year, end of this year. Yeah, I, I, I want to travel as much places as possible, as much places as as they allow me. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice for sure. And how did this character find you? Because it, it sounds like some kind of way the character just basically suited for you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's why I'm 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 constantly grateful to God um that you know I landed this role and um so so uh, yeah let me go back a little bit so so I'm currently at drama school I currently mm-hmm. attend the Royal Walsh College of Music and Drama in Wells and uh so I did my first and second year there but in my second year I there was a scholarship that was um awarded to it was it was a scholarship where you apply if if you're from a working class background mm-hmm. you can apply um within your second year and i uh i applied so all the top drama schools in the uk that's where students applied from i think it was like over 150 applications or something and during the application process you basically got to explain how broke you are and you know why the scholarship will be beneficial for you so the scholarship it gave it gives you like um support while at drama school and support when you leave drama school so yeah i i applied only finan- sorry only financial support or financial any? support and also like the help you get like a show reel they'll set up meetings with you know casting directors agents um they'll send you some plays so yeah financial support mm-hmm. mainly and um so yeah I, i won that scholarship and through after that um my name was kind of being like talked about in the industry a little bit and you know casting directors knew my names knew my name so I'll be getting like auditions that will come through the school because the school would kind of act as your agent if you didn't have representation so they have to go through the school before you get the audition and um so yes yeah, so I was in I was in school one day it's actually no it was actually my birthday on a Saturday I remember it was a day before my it was a Friday night. I remember just being in my bed in my room and I opened the Bible and I was praying. I was praying to God, you know, like uh please God bless me. Please, you know, give me an opportunity to you know improve my life to get to a certain level so I'm able to, you know, impact the world in 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 a better way, in a positive way. Um especially to help like youths who come from similar backgrounds to me. Um and I remember just praying praying hard like god god please please and the audition for the role that I got it came through on a Saturday um no it came through on a Friday but I didn't get the 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 producer at my school didn't let me know about it until the Monday 4 hours before the audition was due mm-hmm. and um yeah that was a whole thing and I was kind of disappointed that I didn't get it straight away because you know I would have had more time to prepare but um that's what I mean when when God says something's for you it is for you so long story short I even though the deadline was overdue I still uploaded the tape mm-hmm. and got the got the job really mm. that's awesome I mean the fact that uh, have you asked your teacher why he kept it um I guess or she I don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> um It was it was actually she um yeah I actually bumped into the the head of of the department and I said you know why did they keep it they said they thought maybe I wasn't ready at the time 
Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, they've made that decision for me and I've agreed with them because I wasn't ready at that particular time. But I still think it's important that they don't make the decision for me. They should give me the opportunity to make the decision for myself because at the end of the day, it's my life, it's mm-hmm. my career. I should be able to choose what I, I want to do. Um, but I, I always appreciate the advice. So, I, you know, I explained that and I said, you know, um, I don't necessarily think that's right. I, I, I do want to go up for it. And yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen the uh, movies? Yeah, I have. I have and yeah. did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I loved it. You know, Keanu Reeves as John Wick is just, he's just incredible. Um, he's, uh, he's the ultimate action man. Uh, yeah, I love the love movies. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a role model in acting? Um, yeah, I have I have a few role models in acting, um, such as you know Daniel Kaluuya, Denzel Washington, um, Damson Idris, um, even some of my my friends are role models, mm-hmm. um, and also not just in acting, like people like Anthony Joshua, the boxer, um, just people that you know look like me, sound like me, um, uh, come from similar background like me, um, yeah. And what do you think, what would you do if it wasn't for acting? If it wasn't acting? Um, I'd probably like, I'd, pr- I'd probably be a youth worker. Really? Yeah, yeah. Well, you really love youth, yeah? Yeah, I do, I do. I'll, I'll take you to a game. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. <laughs> um, and what, do you have any hobbies? Hobbies? Um, yeah, I, I love music. I love music? music. Yeah, yeah. I do you play it. any instruments? I don't. Um, I play the drums a little bit. I've had like maybe two or three. Pots at home. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever, even the table right now. Um, Yeah, so I I play, I've I've had like a couple like drumming lessons, um, but I want to do that more. I want to get that under my belt. I do, I just love music. Mm -hmm. Mm. What kind of music do you listen to? Listen, I... so much, so much different types, man. I could, so there's I, no genre that you're listening to, just any kind of all all types. I mean, I could listen to gangster drill rap one day. <laughs> the next thing you know, I'm listening to Rihanna. Then I could listen to jazz, and then I'm back to drill gangster rap. So, <laughs> you know, it's very um, it's very broad. Um, mm-hmm. If I like it, I like it, kind of thing. Um, how do you see us? Do you have any any plans or any anything that you really want to achieve? Like any awards that you want to win? Let's say an Oscar. Um, or you just want to establish yourself and and do good in life or in worth? You know, I feel like for me personally, I'd love to win an Oscar, mm-hmm. but I don't see it as the be all or end all. Um, I I I focus more on the quality of my work mm-hmm. and like to put it to put it plainly. I'd rather have an impact on the world. I, I find it more important to have an impact on the world rather than win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Because the Oscar, even though it's a great achievement, it's still, um, it's still just, it's still just something I can hold in my hands. Whereas, the, like, leaving an impression on the world and making the world a better place, helping youth, I feel like that's it's not it's not tangible. It's, I think it's more it's worth more. So. Yeah, I'd love to win Oscar, <laughs> but I'd also love to have a um, impactful career. And you said you had difficulties with directing uh, your role, the creative works that you've mm-hmm. done. Would you direct a movie later on? You think? Um, yeah, for sure. I 
I, I, I don't just see myself as an actor. I see myself as an artist, even though I do primarily act. Um, I want to I want to direct documentaries. Um, I'm very interested in um, and and movies and films and short films, everything, because I'm very interested in, you know, depicting humans in a very raw form, in a true form, um, without the um, without the fabrication or of like, I don't know. I feel like some um, some art mediums they tend to show humans in a way that isn't. Um, it just it doesn't represent reality. Yeah, just the top of the iceberg. yeah tip yeah. of the iceberg, and I like I like to go deep. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'd love to direct um, documentaries and um, and films and just tell great stories. Um, there was this documentary on Facebook actually called Humans of New York, mm. and like I love that documentary, man. So it's like it's a sp- the episode only like twenty minutes, um, like twenty minutes long each episode. Um, but each episode um, tackles a particular subject. I think the first ap- episode tackles time, and within it, um, he, it's basically just interviews of random people all over New York, and getting their perspectives and their uh, um, interpretations of what time is and what time means to them. Um, you know, one um, Asian man comes on the camera and he's like I don't like it when people waste my time you know time time is everything you know money will come and go but one thing that will never come back is time and it's just interesting I just like um hearing people's just aren't just listening to because everybody even like there's there's this um album for by Dave a rapper from the UK and the album's called We're All Alone In This Together. And I feel like it's true. In this life, we are all alone in this together. And each, each of us, even though we're all humans and have, um, you know, bones and eyes and a heart, and, but we're all different and we all interact with the world in different ways. Um, I do believe that certain feelings are definitely universal, certain experiences and, uh, are universal, but everyone has different perspectives and everyone navigates the world in um, different ways. And I just really like gaining as much different perspective and as much different experiences and seeing where the, like, where um, um, the experiences are similar mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah, universally connect. So, yeah. And do you... Um because Hubert was on the show as well, and, and he said that he, he found himself um, scanning people and just watching them and how, watching how they react to different stored things, and he just kind of put something behind it. Like, let's say some, he found something, someone screaming on the street, um, for example, and he was just making up a story, what should be the background of that mm. emotion mm. Uh, they have. Do you do that? Um. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I probably, I probably do do that, but just in a different way. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely a people watcher. I love watching people, um, just because everyone's so Id- idiosyncratic. Everyone's, everyone's weird. Everyone does weird mm-hmm. stuff. Everyone's um, interesting in in their own ways. And as actors, 
especially like trained actors who have gone to drama school. Um, we are, if you look at the essence of what we're taught, we're basically taught to understand human behavior and analyze human behavior so that we're able to convey human behavior as, as needed. Um, so yeah, I, I do, I do watch people. I do copy people. <laughs> I do, um, I do, I do take notes and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just interesting because obviously you, you can find some some parts of their emotions and what they may be their movement, which you can use as an actor. So it's it's very beneficial, and um, I just have to I just have to say that you're very mature for your age, um, and I'm impressed. And I I seem to find some similarities uh, because I think the same way that. All the material things that you can find in the world or you can gain in the world won't change anything. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm sure you know J. Cole, the rapper, mm. and yeah. he used to wear big, big, big chains. And, and he said that he's, he's not using and wearing any because it won't change anything. And he went to Africa and he's seen how people live there and how generous and happy they are, as you found. And we found it as well. And he said, it, Why would I need that? I don't know, 12. Um, necklaces on my neck on a daily basis out of diamonds that won't change my life mm. or it, if i can use that to change someone else's life so it's also i i tend to find more and more people f- um, going to that direction that they want to make the world a better place as michael jackson sang mm, it mm. um and yes we we would need more and more people still do that because um i think COVID also kind of helped in that space because we had more time to think and realize what's what's really necessary and mm. we're not getting caught up on on a daily basis of work mm. or life and the communication is key also and that you have um you're ref- you're you're not reflecting your feelings or emotions on others so if you have a bad day you're not coming at someone else or if you do then you can just you can just talk to yourself and just uh, kind of uh, um scan yourself and just find out what's the reason behind that emotion which i do because the other day i had a bad day i I just woke up i don't know feeling kind of tense and and i just i was just on my way i was just walking downstairs and i was thinking to myself why am i tense because Mm. i wasn't in a rush or anything Mm. i was just thinking of it Uh, do you do that do you kind of um trying to find out what's the reason behind your feelings? For sure, for sure. It's, it's very important. Um, like, like, like you, like I've, I've woken up tense many, many days before. And, you know, and looking back, waking up with a feeling the type of way may have led to something happening in a day. And then, you know, you get questioned like, why did you do that? Why did you react like that? And a lot of the time, it's not necessarily about the other person. It's about something that I'm going through. So yeah, I'm I'm constantly um, psychoanalyzing myself <laughs> and trying to understand um, what it is, why why I feel the type of way, or what could have triggered me to to um, feel this type of way. So yeah, I do, I do do that. Yeah. Um, and what do you think? Would that be beneficial? If that would be also kind a part of education or. Oh, <laughs> for sure, man. Definitely, yeah. I think, um, yeah. There's 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 problems with the educational system, um, not just 
um, it's 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 a, it's a worldwide thing. Um, I, f- I feel like you see glimmers and examples of what education should be like or could be like. Like, for example, the Brit School Hub is very liberating, allowed me to be expressive and free. But school doesn't teach you necessarily how to deal with your mental health or to navigate. It doesn't necessarily give you tools to navigate the world in a healthy way. It just teaches you... Um, it just teaches you how to work, how to, you know, get, get the jobs done. It doesn't teach you um, to necessarily go find yourself or, you know... I mean, you, you do. You may have a classes here and there about, like, mental health and, like, how to deal with anger, but it's not embedded in the curriculum, um, which I think is, is a problem. It kind of goes back to that, you know, one-size it's all kind of kind of thing um but yeah i feel like it should be in education mm-hmm. for sure and you previously you mentioned you have four siblings mm-hmm. yeah and how is your connection with them yeah it's um it's interesting <laughs> it's, it's cool uh now i have uh, yeah you're right four siblings <laughs> i'm sorry i know better than you. <laughs> you know you know me better than me man you know me than me. <laughs> um um yeah my connection with them is, is good um my older brother is my oldest brother is 16, 16, 17 years older than me. Mm-hmm. So he's much older than me and uh, had a had a big impact on on who I am as as a person. Um, you know, he disciplined me from a very young age, and um, he very he made it very clear from very early on that he expects great things from me. Um, so our relationship is. You know, up and down. It's not the the most crystal clear relationship, but I feel like um, foundation wise, the love will always be there, like in in leaps and bounds. Um, my second oldest brother, um, he's uh, thirty six, thirty five. Uh, <laughs> I think he's thirty six. I think um, <laughs> in he, his in his thirties. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in his thirties for sure. Um, yeah, we have a really good relationship. Um, um, I guess I'm much closer to him um, personally, um, but I guess just that's how life is. My brother in Nigeria, because my other brother, he's um, my third oldest brother. He's in the naval military in Nigeria, mm-hmm. so I don't see him much. But w- when we do see each other, it's always it's always love and respect. Um, my sister. She was so annoying when I was growing up. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! I don't know where to start, man. She was so annoying. Like I hated her growing up. I loved her, but I hated her. Like, and hate is a strong word, you know. Um, but you know, we're adults now, <laughs> and she's got she's got three children, so the respect and love is there, and she inspires me a lot. And I don't think I tell her enough. She inspires me. Very, very much so, you know, her work ethic to be able to provide for three kids and, you know, she lives in Manchester now, she's moved out of my home, she's married, you know, that um, that drive that she has is very inspirational for me and, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I love my sister. <laughs> <laughs> so now hate has been shifted into love. Yeah, I think because it's almost hate is... It's, oh, it's just more of an annoying, right, as yeah, you said, it's, it's just... 
maybe the energy level of her mm. the questions she had or and hate and love is 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 they're very they're very similar in in a very weird way because hate is just a very it's a strong word but it's also a very heightened emotion and love is exactly the same thing so to be able to hate someone you must have either to hate someone it's almost as if you need to love something about them for you to hate because it, yeah. it takes it evokes so much out of you um so yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's intense it's intense and how are how are your parents like when you was when you were like let's say six or when you were a bad behaving kid oh, oh my parents oh <laughs> oh mom and dad man no they they um they tried they tried their best you know <laughs> um obviously Nigerian they were born and raised in Nigeria um and when they came to London they they brought their culture with them they mm-hmm. brought the you know the respect the values everything with them and that's why all my siblings and myself we grew up in a type of, a certain type of way we grew up with manners and respect and um so yeah that, that's one thing that they installed in us when i was misbehaved my dad would you know discipline me um which would work sometimes but necessarily it wouldn't necessarily work um because he's much older than me as well he, he didn't nece- he didn't necessarily have that um connection whereby i related to him like as much as let's say my older brother like i did um so it was we like we had a really good relationship but there was sometimes a lot of distance in terms mm-hmm. of what we believed in and how um in in what we believed in and how we thought was the best way of going or, or going about achieving what we we both wanted so there was some distance sometimes in our relationship um um but you know after i met rachel and sharon that got me into acting you know like this is going to sound crazy but it only took me about 18 years on this earth for me to realize that my parents just want the best for me mm-hmm. when they used to tell me i wasn't allowed out and you know discipline me and i just thought they were just being annoying like let me be me let me be free but no they just they just wanted to safeguard me they just wanted to protect me they just wanted to put in put me in a position for me to have the best life possible put me in, put me in a position to have a better life than them you know so obviously being a stubborn teenager stubborn child i didn't realize this i just always constantly um um rebelled but now our relationship is great um they're really proud of me they're proud of my journey they appreciate the tough times and you know we laugh about it mm-hmm. now because it's 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 behind us So yeah, my relationship with both my parents is really good. Mm-hmm. And can you share with us one of the bad IO stories? Uh, <laughs> uh, right, give me a minute. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Um, hmm. Have you have you gone into any fights or in school or something? Um, yeah, I've gone into quite quite a few actually. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Okay, one time um I was just I was walking in a corridor and there was this there was this guy Glenn, I don't know where he is now, really big guy, Glenn. 
um, and like in the cult because I went to all boys secondary school, the culture like a lot of testosterone around, a <laughs> lot of ego bravado kind of thing. So I was in year seven, and the elder guys were in year eleven, so about four years apart. And they would like constantly make us fight each other. And when I was in year seven, I was really short then because I didn't start growing until I was about 16, 17. I got quite a little bit tall. I'm only five foot 11. But yeah, um, so they made us fight each other. And I remember they put me up against Glenn. And I was like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, oh, this is just going to be embarrassing. He's just going to pick me up and throw me on the floor. I'm just going to lose. They're just going to, they're just going to laugh at me and tell me I'm weak kind of thing. But, um, so this particular time I said, you know what? Because at that time I was watching quite a lot of like wrestling and stuff on TV. So I said to myself, what I'm going to do is I'm going to fly kick him. And I'm going to spin around. And I'm going to punch him in his face. And I did exactly that. <laughs> I exact, executed it perfectly. So I, yeah, so I did that. And then Glenn just goes, oh. And yeah, ever since then, I just um, I got a good reputation for myself. So that's that's one bad story. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. In one point, that yeah, that's funny now. Yeah. But it's just awful that all the children, the kids, made you fight each other. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that that was that's that's the culture, and it still happens now. Um, you know, that's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about. Um, youth work and working with, with youths because when you're so young and and such an impressionable age, you can get, you know, you can be made to do things that are bad, like very, very bad. Um and the thing the thing is with that is like the people that made us fight, that's what their elders did to them. Their elders, you know, so it kind of trickles down. Yeah. So my thing is all about, you know, kind of breaking that cycle in terms of going to do what's wrong first. Like, for example, you know, there's gangs, there's many gangs in London where kids get groomed to go sell drugs and, you know, commit crimes, robberies, burglaries, whatever. Um, and I'm fascinated about breaking that because we're in a new age now where... it's not as hard as it was to become successful in this life. It does, it's very difficult, especially when you come from a working class background. I'm not taking that away from anyone, but there's opportunities, you don't, what I'm trying to say is there's other routes than crime now. And with some people, some people continue to do crime because of their ego. You know, for example, if you're making, I don't know, 300 pounds a week, selling cannabis, selling weed on the streets. You could make that same money working in Tesco's or Sainsbury's. So it's your ego that is, you know, um, making you continue to sell drugs. It's making you continue to, com to commit crimes. And, and if you want to break down that ego, that ego isn't necessarily self-imposed. It's from, it's from a societal perspective. They don't want to seem like, a, uh, like not a cool kid to their friends. So that eats up away at them. So that's that culture. That's the, that's the, um, the, uh, that's like the steel blanket weighing them down from, you know, breaking out of unhealthy habits, unhealthy patterns that only lead to, 
two paths, dead or in jail. So that's what I'm really passionate about, helping help helping like the youth and stuff to just re- like realize their potential and do what they want to do. Because you know you can ask like the baddest people on the planet, you know the biggest criminals on the planet. If you ask them like what 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 do you want out of life, most of them will just tell you, I want to be happy, I want to be successful. Um. So let's let's focus on that. But let's let's see if we can find a way to do it in a way that doesn't hurt other people. Let's focus on a way to do it in a way that makes your family proud and um, allows you to maintain an honest represent um, honest reputation, so you don't have to hide and stuff. So yeah, that's what I like to tap into. Yeah. So also in the long run, it, it, obviously it's financially can be beneficial. Yeah. Highly beneficial, mm-hmm. but still it. Um, I just had a discussion the other day with a guy he's been related to crime as well and he said that um, he made a fortune of it um, and one day they, he just had his door kicked in by the police um, so he was 18 or 19 when they took him to jail and he spent five years there and he said that was the worst experience he ever had so um, obviously, and, it, and, and he said that he, he would never do that again. And he's kind of educating kids as well about it, how they should change it. And he has a new program coming out here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's also, it's, um, it, as you said, it's, it's for, the, for the lower class or the working class kids as well. And also it can be because um, the parents are usually work long hours. The kids alone, they don't know what to do. They go out and then they can get recruited by gangs. They want to hang out and they want to be the cool kids, mm. um, but it's just it's just terrible. I mean, we, obviously we have some gang crimes here, but we don't not as much as in the UK or in yeah. the US. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's just terrible to hear that it's still happening, and also these kids being getting shot or killed or injured. It's just it's just awful, and and there should be something that I mean, we're in the twenty first century. We we spend millions and trillions of dollars on weapons and just standing in, in, in dockyards and, and, and unuseless. I mean, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. it's nothing else than just competing with other countries that, oh, yeah, I can build a better weapon than you do. Yeah. And, yeah. and it won't take us further. Instead of we should just focus on, on changing the world for good because if, if, if we spend millions and trillions on nothing, mm-hmm. instead we should just spend it on, I don't know, education or food or or changing the environment it's not the big deal just 10 percent of it would mm-hmm. make a huge mm-hmm. change huge change is true so um, um yeah I mean, the, I mean i see there are many things changing in mm-hmm. that space because yeah. more and more people realize that it, what we're leaving behind we're leaving behind for our kids and mm-hmm. children and, mm-hmm. and grandchildren and if we and if we leave back behind demolished buildings like you can see in iran or ukraine at the moment um, we're not leaving anything behind. Mm. So how do we want to change? How do, what do we want to leave behind? We mm. won't leave behind anything. So it's just terrible. Mm. And I just don't see how these people should be our role models, mm. right? Mm. I mean, because we vote for them to to give them change or make change in the world. And if they this is what they do, I mean, where are we heading to? Mm. So also, I, I'm I'm just kind of sad about it. And I want to make a change as well. 
I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about in what, in which way or how, but, yeah, it's but difficult, I want to. For sure, yeah. And I'm, um, and one of my role model was also um, Nelson Mandela. I mm. listened to many of his speeches. Mm. Um, I've been lucky enough to see his house where he grew oh, up. Wow. Um, and I and I really want to be. Um, I don't know. I won't be able to to measure myself to him, but I want or any kind of changes that he made. But I want to try to establish something like mm. what he did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what he's done in his life even after going to prison for all those years, you know, it's, it's, it's just absolutely incredible. But that shouldn't ever discourage us from believing that we can achieve what he's achieved. Um, I mean, it'll be very hard. <laughs> but when you have your expectations so high like that, um, you know that saying, um, aim for the moon. And if you miss, at least you end up among the stars. So it's it's really important to you know um, have high have high have have high expectations of yourself, um, and yeah, well, it's inevitable that you know you'd find um, success if you mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Um, well, let's change to a um, happier topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you do on a free days when you're not shooting? Three days, I go for walks, um, go for a jog, I go to the gym as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I try not to do like weights and stuff because I, p I get like muscular too quickly. And uh, I prefer to, you know, be strong, but at the same time flexible as well. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I go, I go to the gym. Um, I want to go to the cinema, but in Hungary, is, the, is it dubbed in Hungarian? Most of the movies, okay, yes. Okay. But we have subtitles movies. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah. You're lucky enough if it's not a Danish movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Now I want to go to the cinema soon as well. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I do on my free days. Mm -hmm. um, do you read a lot? Um, good question. I, I do, but I don't, in the sense that because, like I said, it takes me a long time to like process information. Mm -hmm. I read... Like a few pages a day. Um, I'm currently reading a book called um, "Doing Philosophy." I actually made a mistake when I bought it because <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I, I thought it it meant um, the philosophy of doing, oh. rather than how to do philosophy. But it's <laughs> it's still an interesting book. Um, I'm actually understanding how you know the great philosophers. Um, had arguments and bouncy ideas out off of each other. So hopefully I can find a book on how to, um, hopefully I can find a book on the philosophy of doing after mm -hmm. this book, because I'll understand it better. So yeah, it's a plus side, I guess. So yeah, I do read a little bit. Yeah. Do you read um, uh, autobiographies as well? No, no, I don't. I want to, I want to start though, for sure. Do you? Oh, I love them. Yeah. I've read uh, Mike Tyson's. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> I mean that that's an awesome book. I've read Thierry Henry's, obviously. Mm. <laughs> um, I've read several of them, and I find it fascinating that everyone, each one of them, had a storyline, like the curve of their life, how how all the small details at the end built up that um, that person they are at the, at right now, how they achieved what they achieved, and um, what kind of impacts 
mm. uh, they had in others' life as well. And it's just it's just fascinating that they had troubled youth. Mm. Mm. They were troubled as well, especially Mike Tyson. Mm. He's been involved in robbery when he was three. Mm. Wow. Wow. So um and also that when you when you just think about it that he made a hundred million dollars a fight in the nineties. It's a huge amount of money Crazy. now. Mm. Back then. Back then. <laughs> yeah. So he just he really lived his best life. Mm. Um and when he when he lost his his mentor, mm-hmm. that 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 kind of shifted him. Mm. Customato. Yes. Yeah. He that kind of shifted him into the worst. <laughs> yeah, I mean the terrible Tyson when he mm. was, you know, five mm. fought everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was it's also fascinating really to to find about others that they go through the same issues or problems. Yeah. And you can also find yourself in them. For sure. I mean that's where um I don't believe in suffering on purpose, but you know, that that's where a lot of the character is built. Uh, I guess like the best the best um outcome is when you're able to kind of almost step outside of it and look at it for what it actually is then you find yourself in the best position to you know utilize your options and how to make it positive mm-hmm. yes yeah and i have one last question for you which one you prefer uh theater or movies um it's a good question. I thought I thought it was theater until I got paid for the Continental. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say theater because that's where I started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much again for being here us. Um yeah. and I wish you all the best. Thank you I'm so going, much. Thank you I'm so sure much. we're going to look back on these episodes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in a few years time I'll be like, "Oh, I interviewed the Oscar winning <laughs> star and this fascinating actor." So, ladies and gentlemen, Ayodhya Adegun. Thank you. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Take care.